You're listening to Ambition Without Compromise, the podcast that is planting a flag for women of color who are ready to unapologetically center their unique vision, personal legacy, joy, and wholeness in the pursuit of the next level in their business and careers. I am your host, Monique Shields. I'm an executive coach, entrepreneur, mom, wife, and champion of badass moguls in the making. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Um, so excited, as always, to have you join me for another episode. I am in this particular headspace today, really grappling with how to speak about this topic, to be quite honest, because I feel as though this is associated with a lot of different things, and there are a lot of different directions in which I could take this. I've honestly, if I'm really truthful, I've started and stopped this recording several times. And I'm like, Winnie, what are you really trying to get across here? Because yes, there are a lot of directions that we can take this conversation. But I think at the end of the day, what I want to impart to you all is how deserving you are of an experience of your work in life that feels simplified, focused, and directed. Okay. So that's the highest intention that I'm going to be holding over this conversation. And I want to speak about it through the lens of seasonality because that actually is very supportive to me. It is one of the greatest tools I've taken away from the coaching experience I've had with my mindset coach was growing in greater appreciation for the seasons that are here (laughs) and humbling myself before those seasons, knowing that I'm not in charge, (laughs) knowing that I cannot stop the seasons of my life, all these things, all these cross impacts that are going to take place. I'm in no greater power to control those than I am to control when it is spring, summer, fall, winter (laughs) in the rest of the world, right? And so through that lens of seasonality, I want to talk about what it's like to know it's time to shed, what it's like to be confronted with the knowing, right? That inner knowing that shows up and is like, girl, this has been cute. This has maybe even been magical, (laughs) but it's about to be no more. It's time to go ahead and lay this down. It's time to move on. And how painful that process can be to embrace because of the inherent loss that is going to have to take place, right? When we need to shed things, that means the stuff is falling away and it can feel like death right? And all of the different attachments that we have to what was and what we've created and allowing ourselves to believe that it's okay to let a good thing go, that is rough. And I think this podcast is actually a really great example, (laughs) an output of me embracing a season of simplifying and letting go and yeah, shedding because with the personal season that I'm in in my life with new baby and, you know, frankly, like we've moved to a whole new area and just whole new life, honestly, right? That it's really critical for me to be focused (laughs) and I think that those are very specific drivers in my life, 
But I think that the call for each of us to find and experience more simplicity, more focused, really can come from a place of your being, your body, your mind, your spirit, whatever, beckoning you (laughs) to sink further into restoration. This reminds me actually of the newsletter that my former and beloved acupuncturist from Oakland. I'll actually leave her information in the show notes. Lumine Wellness is the name of her practice. She has a beautiful newsletter that I'm always like sending snippets around of. And at the top of the Lunar New Year this year, it's the year of the Yin Water Rabbit, she sent out a newsletter talking about the change of the season and what this year represents as opposed to last year, which I believe was the year of the tiger. And... I think (laughs) tigers versus rabbits, you kind of get a sense of where we're coming from and where we're headed. And last year being a a boisterous, big, bold, bright year of a lot of transition, transformation, like big, big stuff. And this year being a year of, I think she mentioned the words like calm and restorative creation. Like there's a simplifying and a calming down that is representative of the year of the rabbit. And that spoke to my soul (laughs) and how I think that that has connected to how I've chosen to move this year and in launching this podcast and the restructuring around how, you know, where my business is focused, where my energy is focused is, you know, number one, very personally, I am physically pulling myself back together, just, you know, actually restoring my body after having this baby. I am deep into all of my, you know, healing supports, uh, (laughs) the resources that I have at my disposal for the chiropractor, the physical therapist, the personal trainer, the masseuse, like all of that stuff. It became really important for me last year during the pregnancy to have as many of those things in place as I possibly can. And it continues to be, honestly, even more of an imperative in my life this year. So that singular focus on my own personal restoration, you know, again, specifically on my body and my mind, like that is central this year. The other thing, and again, I think besides this, like hopefully it goes without saying that, just (laughs) my family and like raising and rearing this child plus my other you know, five-year-old going on, 25-year-old is at the helm. But beneath that, I would say what would come next is my need for my business to also support this season of restoration and simplicity and focus. Like this year, in my mind, is a year about depth. It is a year about quality. It is a year about intensity in a very specific direction. And... What my business has looked like in previous years has been a lot of experimentation. I feel like I've earned this year, honestly. And I think many of y'all can probably relate where you've launched lots of things. You've tried lots of things. You've done a lot of experimentation and data collection in hiring and figuring out new operational practices and in team dynamics and, you know, whatever those, all the investments and things that you've been trying and doing and building and, you know, that those things have come hard one. (laughs) And it's been a lot of output in a lot of different directions. And then you get to kind of stop. And at the end of all that, or at sort of at a culminating moment, you get to step back and reassess. 
Like, what have we learned here? What actually matters most? What is actually moving the needle for me, for this team, for this business, for this company, for my family? What's mattering here? What are the patterns I'm starting to pick up on? And how does this connect to what I actually want (laughs) this experience to look and feel like, right? And what that boiled down to for me when I took a step back and looked at my business and the group programs that I had launched, the corporate clients that I was serving, the private clients that I was serving, I had pro bono clients that I was serving, just like the organizations and memberships that I was a part of. There were a lot of things that for the sake of my own growth, for the sake of experimentation and learning, for the sake of exposure, right? Just like, you know, many of us have just been outside. (laughs) Just happened to be outside and been going to all the events and showing up in all the spaces, right? And being like, let me do this for the sake of the experience, the exposure, the learning, the networking, right? Like, I think we have those seasons and they matter. And I, part of the conversation I had with my coach today was around categorizing those seasons for myself between being not just like the spring, summer, winter, fall, which I think is really useful in terms of thinking about energetically what's happening for me as I move through the seasons of my life. But also there's kind of like, there's just areas of gray where it's like, I'm figuring some things out. (laughs) I am testing lots of waters. I'm playing in lots of sandboxes. Like, There's just kind of, you know, this gray melange mosaic of things that are happening. And it's necessary. Like the gray areas, the gray moments, I should say, in our lives and in the gray seasons of our lives are necessary. And that's one thing that we were talking about on my coaching call today, which is that not only are those gray areas necessary, Right. Those times of like where it's like everything isn't totally certain and dialed in and focused and like this is what matters most and this is all we're doing and this is what why and just feeling like super like locked and loaded. (laughs) Everything that happens before you can get into that locked and loaded state of mind is a, you know, it's a little more fluid and fuzzy and, and necessary. But I have come to understand that I've actually gotten much better at surrendering to the gray. And I think that this is such a critical skill for all of us to work on. And, you know, as I keep mentioning, this has been work that I've had to do with a coach. Like it's damn near impossible for me to see myself in this way, not with that degree of clarity and not with that speed, right? (laughs) Like my coach can sit down and talk to me in one conversation and in 90 minutes, I feel like we've solved the problems of my world. Whereas if I had tried to just move through this independently from my own perspective, you know, this could be like months or years in the making (laughs) before I really recognize what is happening with me and what needs to happen next. And so anyway, you know, with her help and through my coaching experience, I've gotten better at recognizing the gray, not fighting the gray season, right? Just being like, okay, I can surrender to this. I can surrender to the fact that we don't know exactly what's going on. We're going to keep moving. We're (laughs) going to keep trying stuff. But... I don't really know what's going on. And I have to be at least somewhat okay with that. That doesn't mean it's not scary. That doesn't mean it's not frustrating. That doesn't mean it's not confusing. But it does mean that I am still willing to show up and be engaged with that gray. And that's what I've been in, I think, for quite some time. And there's something really sharpening, I guess is a word I could use, around having a baby to like throw in the mix 
and shake everything up that happened for me in terms of like, okay, what really snapped me out of the gray and put me into black and white territory, which is like another version of a season, right? Was, okay, well, life now necessitates (laughs) me to make some hard and fast decisions around what's going to happen next and what will need to fall away in order for the next thing to occur, right? Because it's like, okay, we don't have time to play anymore. This gray has been what it has been, but that season is now dead. (laughs) It is over. And I need some other things to go ahead and die along with it. And it was interesting because my coach asked me, she was like, you know, how did it feel when, for example, you announced that you were not enrolling in your group program compelled for the foreseeable future, right? For this coming year. And I paused for a quick moment and I was like, you know what? It actually wasn't, you know, I had some feels about it because I love that program. The women who have come through it, I'm still in touch with all of them. And I love when I get to hear about what is happening in their lives. I loved facilitating the space that I had with them. And at the same time, it was not unclear to me that this was no longer the season for me to deliver upon the promise of that program at the level of intensity and quality and focus that I think it deserves. This is not the year, right? And when I took a a step back and I asked myself, well, what do I truly want to experience this year? I said, I want a more singularly focused experience of my time. I want a more singularly focused experience of my business. I want to be doing a very limited number of activities and doing them super duper duper well. And for me, what that looked like was decommissioning that program, you know, also making it very clear that my pre-exit strategy workshop series, even though it's something that is built and literally I could sell people into if they wanted to access it and they could just click a link and self-study and move through it. And I don't have to show up in coaching. It's literally just like almost a gift, (laughs) but it takes up mental space. Because I want to make sure that, you know, I'm checking in to see what, how responses are going, that, I, you know, you have to show up for some of the marketing and things like that. And I said, I've got to be clear and I've got to be focused. And yeah, it's been more easeful this time around. I definitely have recollection <laughs> of seasons not that long ago where I needed to move from the gray and then make those hard decisions to step into the black and the white. Like, okay, it is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. And me fighting, trying to, first of all, my instinct, and maybe y'all are like me, my inclination is to try to force the black and white (laughs) decision before it's time. I'm like, okay, great, that's enough. Okay, like, what are we going to do? What are we doing? And the other thing that my coach reflected back to me today, which I thought was very much spot on, is that, you know, along the lines of this theme of not being in control and, you know, needing to surrender to the gray is that. Part of what necessitates the gray is we need time to build trust. We need time to collect the data. We need time to experience the in-between in order to get to a point with ourselves, right, in relationship to ourselves, in order to get to a point where we trust our own decision-making, where we trust ourselves to make the black and white decision in a more, like, wholehearted way, right? So I don't know how many of y'all have heard me talk about this before, but it makes me think about the trust equation. And there was like a center for leadership somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where they're located, but I believe they're the ones who kind of have coined this. 
concept. There's, I think, a number of different like trust equations out there. But in any case, the trust equation is essentially that trust equals character plus competence. And if you were to layer that into this notion of a gray season or, you know, like operating in the gray for some period of time, that's really just a playground and an opportunity for you to collect data on both your character, how your character is reacting, how your character is being built, how your character is responding and showing up in response to the events of that season. And for your competency to show up and meet the demands of that season, to meet the tests of that season, to meet the experiments of that season. And, you know, imagine that you can then get to step away as that season is coming to a close and assess, you know, how has my character engaged? Like, where am I seeing that my character is proving itself to be most trustworthy, most reliable, most engaged, most tapped in, right? And the same for your competence. Where am I truly competent, right? I've tested all these things, but where, like, we talk about our strengths, like, where are my strengths actually showing up? Where am I exercising outsized competency? And this is not about, you know, judging yourself as being like having low character or poor or being incompetent. Like, that's not the point of this at all. It's about, you know, you having a chance to look at yourself as objectively as you possibly can, having enough data gathered around how your behaviors have played out over a season, and then making a determination that's been informed by actual behaviors, (laughs) right? That makes so much sense, though, in sort of just that framing around, you know, what is actually taking place in these in-between seasons where we're trying to make a decision, but we're kind of not making the decision, maybe we're avoiding making the decision. It's like, okay, well, this is what needs to take place before we can come to a decision. And I know that, you know, I'm no psychologist by any means, but (laughs) I do know that there is this thing called mental sort of consolidation or consolidating our thoughts where it's literally just like, you know, our ability to chew and (laughs) process, you know, what has happened to us. And we actually need that lag time to catch up. Like we need a moment to like, okay, we just ingested a whole lot of stuff. Your brain needs a moment to make sense of what the hell you just consumed, what the hell you just experienced, and even what the hell you just put out, right? before it can make any determinations around what comes next. Okay, so given all of that data, these are the recommendations I make for what next steps we take, okay? So that was, you know, I think a really important realization for me today. And I also wanted to talk about what it means, you know, thinking about like, this is a shedding in my business. And there's lots of beliefs and things associated with that, which I love to talk about. But there's also some of those moments where you're like, you need to shed a story. (laughs) And so I'm going to tell a little quick story and how this relates to another part of the coaching conversation I had today. Like this was just goals today. Like I'm I'm letting y'all into my my private coaching sessions right now (laughs) with my coach because I think it's just so valuable, right? I'm always talking about the value of coaching, but it's like, yeah, but you're a coach, you know, (laughs) a little biased. But it's like, I am a power user of the thing that I am touting here that I believe that we all need to have in place because I just see how the magic works. Like it's so, so critical. But anyway, 
So I'm sharing with my coach, you know, obviously we're talking about goals, both for me and my business. And I said, you know what, I'm really clear on, you know, after the launch of this podcast and getting those things going and like just really being in that nice groove and rhythm with my episodes that what's next for me is some live public speaking. Okay. So y'all might be a little bit surprised since I'm like hopping on a microphone every chance I get on the internet (laughs) that public speaking is a thing for me. But there is a huge difference, as you might imagine, between sitting in the safety of, you know, my office, my home office with my cute little decor and (laughs) my little microphone (laughs) and this little camera and, you know, when I go live and things like that. There's a huge difference between this experience and that of standing in front of a crowd with all these eyeballs looking back at you. And me like losing track of my voice and having the fear that I'm going to choke and that I'm not going to know what to say and that I'm going to mess the whole thing up. Okay. But yet and still, I know this is a goal of mine. I really, really do. And I will. I will. I see this. (laughs) I know this about myself, right? Like fears don't just stop me. But you know, sometimes you can get a little caught up, which is why I have a coach. That I'm going to speak at some wonderful conferences this year. I know I will. And my goal for this year was really just one major, like I just one good talk, <laughs> develop my talk and have it deliver it at one event. And it doesn't even need to be a huge event, by the way. Like, I think the vision I have is really just about being in front of the core audience that I serve, like the core to my mission, which is, you know, exceptionally high achieving women of color in business who are at these crossroads and trying to figure out how they want to be with ambition, right? And so anyway, I know I'm going to do this, y'all. I know I'm going to do this. And it might be a, a room of 10 people. It might be a room of 10,000. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but I'm sharing this fear with my coach. And I forget how she phrased the question, but she asked me some amazing coaching question that got me into my like, ooh, what is that connected to? Oh, my goodness. And what we, where we found ourselves by you know the end of, of that inquiry was me like fifth grade me, (laughs) little girl Monique. Mm. And it's so visceral. When I go back to this moment in time, I was in the fifth grade and I was running for class council. And for those of y'all who are of my generation, (laughs) the barely early, early millennials don't want to claim that we're millennials, (laughs) but we are, you know, technically speaking. At the time, It was the Ray Charles, you got the right one, baby, Pepsi commercial. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like, you got the right one, baby. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And so I was like, yo, that's my tagline. Like, I was running a full-blown campaign. And my mother being the theater-trained, theatrical creative person that she is, she's, you know, she's all about it. She's like, okay, we're going to make these posters look just like the Pepsi symbols, glitter everywhere, like posters all up and down the hall. Like the marketing campaign was on a trillion, you know what I mean? Like no one could touch me. No one. Like I was killing it in these fifth grade streets. But then came speech day. Then came speech day with my my little fifth grade self. I know I, I had stayed up so late trying to prepare my little speech the night before. I had not given nearly enough attention to the speech. And I remember walking up to that podium and I had my little 
you know, you got the right one baby poster sitting next to me because I think they swapped out who are, you know, your little poster next to you as you were talking to the class. And I remember looking around at these eyeballs in the room. And mind you, you know, let's add in the other racial context here. I was like, maybe like one of two or three, maybe, maybe. I can't even remember if there were any black other black faces or brown faces in the room, but let's be generous and say there was maybe a couple. But I'm staring at this crowd that looks nothing like me, even though these are my classmates and my teachers and stuff like that, but it's, it makes a difference. And I choke. Like, I stumble through I have my little flashcards. I think they were like kind of out of order. And I was just up there just shaking. And I don't, I don't even remember what I actually got out. And all I can remember is that I closed out the speech way too early because I just couldn't deliver. And I said, because you got the right one, baby. <laughs> and there was like these half-hearted, like little claps around the room. <laughs> like, oh, Y'all talking about this right now, it's still, it's so embarrassing and it's still so heartbreaking. And it taught me a huge lesson. Like in the moment, it taught me that huge lesson, right? I went on to have speeches in one different, you know, (laughs) positions in school and college and whatever, like fine. But what I had walked away from that with, I think like subconsciously, like kind of scarred by the emotional experience of it all was that I can't trust myself in front of audiences that I can't just automatically trust myself. That was like some sort of subconscious takeaway. And that I'm going to choke is a belief. Like I'm going to start shaking and mixing up my words and losing track of my thoughts and I will do a poor job and I won't deliver. So I'm talking to my coach about this. And in the course of me explaining this, I was like, yeah, you know, I wasn't prepared. She's like, wait, 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 say that again. I was like, oh. Yeah, I know. I wasn't prepared. (laughs) She was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, I know. (laughs) And I'm sharing all this with you because we all get hung up on these false narratives that are just like trapped in our mind on like endless loop that are delivering half-baked data to inform our future decisions, like half-baked data on our past that are now, you know, having massive implications on how we shape our futures. So for me, you know, business owner, (laughs) grown woman, and setting goals to speak live in front of audiences at a conference this year, for me to still be like hung up on like, yo, but you know, you know, you have an issue, like you'll choke, like, you know how you can be, like, this is going to be an excruciating experience. And you know, the risk of you ruining it or you not delivering is high, right? Like we know how our minds can spiral into these beliefs, but I had to come back into the truth of like what that belief was founded upon and to decide to shed that and to move into the truth, which was when I'm prepared, because I do have lots of data points for when I've been prepared, I crush it. And not only when I'm prepared, I crush it. I know how to prepare, And when I don't know how to prepare, I know how to ask for help to get prepared. Like, these are all the truth thoughts that I can actually be falling back upon. And me engaging in this conversation today helped me again shed like, okay, I don't need to fall back on my comfort zone, which is 
well, maybe I'll just continue to go and just like, I'll just do more IG lives or like LinkedIn lives or whatever, you know, like stay in your comfort zone, barely push yourself anywhere. When I know the true goal is and what the most focused and impactful action I can be taking this year for my business and the goals that I have is to get up in front of people. And so anyway, shedding these beliefs about ourselves, about our businesses, about people, about the world, about our teams, all of this stuff is critical if we want to move ourselves forward. And the process of actually of uncovering what needs to be shed can feel like really awkward and it can feel confronting and embarrassing, right? But it's not actually as painful, I think, as sometimes we imagine it to be in advance. And I'll give, I'm going to give one more example. This is going to become like a little bit of a longer episode than I originally planned, but y'all, we're good, right? <laughs> so I just want to contextualize this with someone outside of myself because I've been sharing personal stories today because this came up for me in, in a coaching conversation. But for one of my clients, as an example, and this is a woman who is a powerhouse as they tend to be, right? These are the women that I get to work with and I'm really always so inspired by them. And she's running multiple, multiple six-figure businesses. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Two or three of these bad boys and a nonprofit on top of that, by the way. Okay. So she's out here. She's doing the things. And in our coaching work together, she was beginning to uncover that she too desired some simplification. She too desired and really needed, like, I mean, her mind and her body, right? really needed restoration, really needed this business to get in line, (laughs) to line up with the highest needs of her life, the highest needs of her being. And what we came to discover through our work together was that she was holding on to some of these entities because of beliefs and attachments that she was holding to beliefs around her employees, around the general public or folks in her field and how they might perceive her as being, you know, not as mission-driven or as uh, thoughtful and caring and, and being labeled as a bad leader for choosing to shed what was ultimately dead weight that was actually ultimately holding her back from realizing the fullness of her potential to actually meet her mission, right? Like the longer that we let these things drag on us and that we allow ourselves to be so attached and held still, held static by beliefs that are not based in reality, that are not helpful, that are untrue, the longer that we keep the people who would benefit from our our focus, from our intensity, from our passion, from our clearly guided direction, the longer we keep them from being able to experience the gift (laughs) that we truly have to offer them, right? And so, you know, by the time she and I were done working together, there was already a full exit strategy plan, a hiring or succession hiring process that was beginning to run in place to bring in a CEO to kind of step in with this whole reorg that was happening a series of leadership conversations had to take place between her and her team. This is also spilling over into, you know, personal life 
with dead weight there, okay? Right? Like, this is not just how we are anywhere. It's how we are everywhere. So this is not just about, you know, necessarily just the business decisions that we need to make, right? This is also about who we are showing up as in the world as people, as the leaders of our lives, not just the leaders of whatever, you know, set of entities or business activities, professional activities that are taking place for us, right? And so I'm sharing all this because I really want y'all to know that there is a way forward. And if I were to give a couple of tips for where to get started in this process for yourself, I would say, number one, you have to get precise about those beliefs. What is it that you are believing that is causing you to remain attached? What beliefs are you attached to that are keeping you from shedding what needs to go? From shedding this business, for instance, that you've built up to a claim that is humming and running and that has people maybe working, building their livelihoods off of it. And you having a voice that is growing stronger and stronger each and every day, telling you, it's time for me to let this go. No, 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 I can't, I can't listen to that voice. I can't listen to that voice. Why? That's where you get precise. Why can't you listen to that voice? Why can't you make the decision that you know you're dying to make? If you were to make the ideal decision and the ideal outcome were to take place, right? It's like, I make the decision and then this beautiful thing becomes possible for me. What's the thing? (laughs) And when I say precise, I truly, truly mean precise. You don't ever want to stop at, well, I think people will be upset. What people? How do you believe they're going to show their feelings of being upset? What scenarios are playing out in your mind? What specific relationships are you holding beliefs around, right? What specific beliefs about yourself and your ability to handle what comes next are you holding? And actually write that stuff down or get it out. I'm much more of an audible sort of, like I like to verbally express myself, I should say. So I like to, sometimes if I can't get my thoughts out quickly enough by writing, I just put, turn on my Otter app, which is where I do my voice recordings most often. And I'll get it out there. Like, okay, well, I think what I'm believing is this, or I think what I'm attached to this. Well, what I fear is this. And I think that this person is specifically is going to react this way. And what I think that'll mean for me is this. Like, get it out (laughs) and be precise, right? As precise as you possibly can. That is a huge first step in just building the awareness around what is actually holding you back and where there might be some opportunity to think and move differently. I'm not going to pretend that what comes next, what comes after that is something that you just like, you know, hop to and skip to, <laughs> skip to my loo and everything <laughs> just falls into place once you figure out what's wrong. I can't imagine where that would ever be the case, but I can say that it's an important first step. And if you can work through some of this with someone like a coach, or at least with like some business besties or people who, especially like a mentor, somebody who's ahead of you, and specifically is holding space for and is very clear on and aligned with your vision for success, your definition for success, right? Not theirs, which is, I think, part of what's so valuable about having a coach is that our jobs are to hold your vision. (laughs) And if you don't know or you've lost track of your vision to help you come back into it, not to assert ours or, you know, like we don't have our own agenda for you because it's like, look, Your life ain't mine. Like my job is to get your results according to your metrics for success. And so establishing those and then having someone to help you sort of 
bounce yourself off of to make sure that you're headed in the direction that you truly want to be headed in and to question these kinds of things is incredibly valuable in terms of taking this process further. Okay. And then another good question to ask, always ask yourself is like, well, what is it costing me to continue to operate this way? What is it costing me to uh, continuously avoid the shedding that I know needs to take place? What's it costing me? And sometimes we can't, and I think this is really the case with a lot of women because of how we're socialized, but sometimes it's easier to say, okay, well, I can't really land on a thing that it's costing me that is that, that is motivating enough, Right. But I can if I say, well, what is this costing the people that I am here to serve? What is this costing my loved ones? You know, right? Like if it's on behalf of another party that you care deeply about, ask yourself that question from that vantage point as well to see if that's more opening for you. And I hope that this helps to move you forward, right? Like ultimately, I want us to be able to grow as I feel like I have been engaged in doing and what I try to offer anyone that I work with and and just in personal relationships as well is support for and space to trust ourselves to build greater self-trust and to build greater trust in our seasons and understanding that a new season <laughs> will be upon us whether we like it or not like to trust that our seasons will move and that we do not have to be the ones driving everything forward. But we do need to be responsive when a season is calling us to shed, to drop, to let a thing go, to let a thing die, that we need to respond to that and trust ourselves to be able to handle what comes next and to trust that the season is the season (laughs) and that it's okay that you're not in control of it, that it is more than okay because you're never going to be in control of it anyway. And you get to decide just how you want to be in flow with the seasons of your life. All right, y'all. I really hope that this episode, as any of my other episodes, I will always say I hope that this serves. I hope that this hits somebody right smack dab in the center of their heart, right smack dab on the right moment of the right day of your life when you just needed to hear this message. And happy shedding. Y'all, truly, thank you for listening to Ambition Without Compromise. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts so more women like you can discover us. I'd also love to engage with you more real time. If you're on social media, come follow me on Instagram at Monique R. Shields. Don't forget that R. You can also access my newsletter at MoniqueRShields.com forward slash newsletter to receive bi-weekly gems on the best and most impactful lessons I'm learning in my many roles in both life and as a coach to powerhouse women across the country. Again, that's MoniqueRShields.com forward slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.